Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Wrestle Kingdom 17 results and recap. Charlotte Flair makes her triumphant return and immediately takes the bolt off of Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Uncle Howdy makes his appearance. I'm sorry, guys. I am dying from that shot I just took. I really can barely even talk. And we have your AEW Dynamite recap. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. This is Band for Ringside. Oh, I'm all fucked up. On tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. That's an auspicious start. Sometimes you make it too easy. Too easy. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. I am your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Anthony Michael Near Fall. <laughs> and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, GCB? <laughs> so what I was laughing about earlier. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, one of my favorite 80s uh, guys Weird Science Breakfast Club showing my age, but yes, God love fucking Anthony Michael Hall. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, nigga, I don't know. I'll say he won them eighty babies. Shit, he he been doing all kinds of drugs from Breakfast Club to now. At this point, you never know. Shit, I got gotta ask. I don't think it's a a weird request for me to ask if the Anthony Michael Hall is still alive. The music is getting ready to run out. Are you gonna do your thing? Yeah. I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, volume 289, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. A little sweep the pride, but that's all good, baby. We had another instant classic like Wrestle Kingdom. Like you said, Charlotte took the title off of Ronda Rousey. I almost think that Triple H listens to the pie because I've been asking for this, and he delivered that and a lot more coming up. Uh, and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? BFR West is in the house. I think we need uh, a Twitter that is, is Anthony Michael Hall alive? <laughs> and every day it just says yes or no. <laughs> just like the it's Teddy Hart in jail Twitter. <laughs> I love that idea. Is he about to say, is that motherfucking jail? <laughs> Hey, boys, I watched a lot of fucking wrestling this week. Just a lot of wrestling. Tell Probably me about it. Not as much as Jason, I'm sure, but Hell a no. lot of wrestling. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about. We are coming at you from the chilly St. Charles, Missouri, on my back patio. Uh, and my daughter, who should be in bed, is at the class again. She is rubbing her eyes, trying to stay awake. Trying to stay awake. Um Let's get right into it. I mean, let's let's start talking about this Wrestle Kingdom. Let's get to that three counts. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to that three count. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. Off to a great start. Go ahead, Jason. I, mean, I, I would never feel bad about fucking up when I'm hosting ever again if I just remember this episode right here, 289. All right, on that lovely note, let's talk some Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom was uh, last night or yesterday morning, depending on where you are, where you were at. Um, I'll just start with, you know, to me, what was 
the match of the night without question. It was Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP U.S. Championship. Um, it, to me, this was Kenny Omega as the Kenny Omega I remember when I first was introduced to him in New Japan Wrestling. I'm not sure who this AEW Kenny is, and I'm not knocking that. Obviously, he had to come back from injury, and he did have an amazing run as the belt collector. But this is the Kenny Omega that made me believe that he was arguably one of the two best wrestlers in the world, and usually the other one was wrestling against him. Will Ospreay with an amazing performance. Um, No words can really describe this for me other than instant classic. It was one of those matches where you felt bad about who was coming afterwards. And in this case, it was Okada versus Jay White. Everybody's like, on Twitter's like, you know, how are they going to follow this? How are they going to follow this? I'm like, look, it's White and it's Okada. They should be able to follow this. And they really couldn't. And I think that was part of the the greatness of this match. It was the first five-star classic that I can come up with with 2023. Western Kingdom usually seems to have one of those. And this, to me, was the one. That started off, so we can start there. Obviously, like I said, um, Kenny Omega wins the IWGP Championship in a barn burner instant classic. I'll let you guys go from there. IWGP US Championship. Championship. I apologize. Uh, Zach, what did you think about that match? You know, I am so glad. Uh, I wasn't able to like watch it live, but I was so glad that I have been taking a break from social media. It's one of my New Year's resolutions. Going without booze, going without social media. Uh that part has been advantageous because I watched this blind and it was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my entire life. And just as it was happening, I just was, couldn't take my eyes off the screen, constantly wowed at the level of professionalism and just selling and storytelling that these guys were able to accomplish. Just absolutely bonkers. Um, I mean, Will Ospreay was, we'll talk about this next, week when we talk about the beefers but i mean he was in the majority of the good matches last year when you talk about the best of the best and it doesn't look like that shit is changing uh and i hope that you guys had the opportunity to watch the post-match interviews uh like the press conference not yet dude absolutely worth it uh check it out um most of them are japanese people speaking in japanese we can kind of fast forward find the Will Ospreay one, he's just distraught. I mean, it's like, he just got done with match of the year, which I would be amazed if this thing was topped. I think it could probably only be topped by these two doing another match. But he's just sitting there, and then he cuts one of the promos of the year already. Just distraught, bloody. The dude is in tears as Kazushika Okada's music starts playing in the background, which was completely accidental but the timing was so apropos because mm-hmm. he struggled to beat okada and you know last year he fought him in the tokyo dome he fought him at g1 final and he hasn't been able to beat him and this is just new japan at its best when you talk about in ring it's new japan at its best when you talk about storytelling because this is going to be the year of will osprey like i have a feeling that his his road is to the tokyo dome next year uh, against Okada. And that's when, you know, long shot, you know, calling, calling my shot. That's when Will Ospreay wins big gold 
at the Tokyo Dome. And just the Tokyo Dome in general, I mean, you talk about um, Omega and how, you know, this is just a different Omega. And it's crazy that it was a second singles match in a year, and the other one was on AEW Dark. <laughs> but uh, he absolutely is just a next level performer uh, when he's in that when he's in that building when he's in that setting he's probably the best big match wrestler I've ever seen uh, as far as like stadium wrestler where it's just the it's a different style of match and um, yeah I, I could gush about the thing all day but I'll let Phil talk about it a little bit it was just. Uh, one of the best matches in history, in my opinion. One of the best I've ever seen. Uh, match of the night uh, would have been the match of last year. I was uh, thinking even before I, – I, I never saw the time on it. What was it? Like, it was a little over 30 minutes. Um, so the first 10 minutes were pretty back and forth and mega fun. And I was like, okay, this is the match that I was expecting. And I was like, well, it's only going to turn up from here. And I, ex- I kind of expected the spots and the reversals and things like that to turn up. What I didn't expect was the storytelling, the the story being that Will Ospreay was essentially getting his fucking ass kicked by Kenny Omega for about 15 minutes of the match. Uh, he made a slight comeback at the end, had a couple of hope spots, uh, one in particular kind of got me thinking. Wait a minute, is this it? And but they were both kicking out very like very tired, and that that kind of continued into the next match. But we can get on that later. Um, I didn't expect the story to be Will Osprey was outmatched by Kenny Omega, and that was the story that Kenny Omega is the veteran. Kenny Omega knows how to wrestle. Uh, these long matches. Kenny Omega uh, is the, I mean, he's he's the standard bearer, standard bearer, really, as far as it goes in New Japan, except for Okada, and was for many, many years. I was completely transfixed watching the last, well, I mean, really watching the whole match, but once, once Osprey really started getting his ass kicked, which really, you know, isn't the most fun wrestling to watch all the time. This was fun. It was fun watching Kenny Omega beat the shit out of Will Ospreay. Uh, you know, shout out to Kenny Omega for smashing the hole through the table and then doing the <laughs> Here's Johnny from Shining in it. But when they went back to the table and he just smashed, obviously it was a rigged table, but and they just smashed Osprey's heading to the table four more times to bust the table open a little bit more. <laughs> it was, it was a thing of beauty, and and he was already so bloody. It was just blood all over the table. Yeah, so good. And you know, spitting in the face of Omega right before the one winged angel and a one winged angel uh, for for the books. It was it, he didn't uh, he didn't really like grandstand with. Osprey up there, he put him up there and put him down. And I love the match. I mean, it lived up to the hype. This was the one, certainly this was the one that Western audiences were looking forward to the most. And I was worried that I was expecting too much going into it, and it actually exceeded my expectations. Can't say enough, can't say enough about this match. It was a thing of beauty. Professional wrestling at its finest, and... Uh, what, what a time to what a time to be alive! 
What a time to be a wrestling fan. What a time to have a wrestling podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the stars yeah. all line. He also set up that one-winged angel with a Kamigoye, um, <laughs> yep. which amazing. And um, I don't know if you guys got to watch the pre-press conference, like the one mm-hmm. uh, that they had. And, dude, another promo of the year that he cut the day before, whenever he's just laying into to Kenny. And, I mean, that was just promo of a lifetime. It was so great. And he's talking about Kota Ibushi. They never said Kota Ibushi, but he's essentially saying, like, you know, you talked to me that night. And he's talking about whenever Will wrestled Kota, you know, last year and injured him, like, concussed him, basically. And he's, um, I guess, Kenny, or not last year, but years, you know. Four past. years ago, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kenny had a talk with him about, you're going to be, you're going to carry this torch. And I guess he also had a talk with him about injuring Coda, like, shoot injuring Coda. And uh, he was just like, you know, I'm sorry about what happened to him. So, like, Kota Bushi, like, played into the storyline, which was super cool. I also would like to, before we get too far into it, I would like to give a shit ton of credit to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and also Don Callis. Uh, Gino Gambino, too. G- Gino All Gambino. of them were Gino very Gambino good in too. spots. I, you know, when Don Callis came down to sit next to Kevin Kelly for a match this big, my first thought was, I don't know if we need the heel manager of one of the participants in the match on commentary on a match this big. Like, that would be a TV thing or maybe some kind of off-brand, off or not off-brand, but basically not the Tokyo Dome, New Japan fight. I thought Don Callis was tremendous also. I think it, he did. He didn't overdo it. No, and for me, Don Callis was a part of the commentary team when – I first started to watch uh, New Japan when Tubier introduced me to it. It would be Don Callis and Kevin Kelly or Don Callis and Rocky Romero, Don Callis, Chris Charlton, and Gino Gambino. So for me, having all these guys come in at different spots at different points of the match was really a throwback pre-pandemic uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was it was good to hear. I thought all of them, like I said, all of them were good in spots. Uh, it was just good to see Gino Gambino back. And Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are just, you know, the you, standard of you really New Japan. You really can't say enough about Kevin Kelly as a, no. play by, as a play-by-play guy. It's, it's going to suck when, he's, when he eventually leaves. But. He knows the product so well. He sells it so well. He treats it like a sport. He doesn't mind. Uh, giving his opinion when something happens, and it's it's a little bit different than when somebody like Michael Cole gives their opinion or Excalibur, who never gives his opinion, basically. Uh, Kevin Kelly is a treasure, and thank God for him. From there, I guess, let's kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the match after the match of the night, which was for the IWGP Championship, Jay White versus Okada, um, I think this was over 30 minutes as well. I didn't this if if this was separated from Okada, I'm sorry, from Omega and Osprey, I think I would have looked at this match a little better. It kind of had a slow start. It kind of built up the way I expected it to be. It was an Okada match. It, it was, was an Okada match, for sure. It was an Okada Jay White match. Yeah. It was good. This was I think it was the first time that Jay White was in front of a crowd that can cheer. So that was the the one thing that I was really con- not even concerned with, but just interested to see how that interaction would happen. 
a lot of the build for Jay White was with clapping crowds. Uh, Will Ospreay, like Tubier said, he had an amazing fucking uh, promo about uh, clapping crowds at the uh, the press conference before the actual Wrestle Kingdom, if you get a chance. If you haven't seen it. That was awesome. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you you should just go back and watch it because it was just really good. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing I took away from this match is it's more so about Jay White than it's Okada. Okada is the guy that he, I can't call him the ace because there's one ace and that's Tanahashi. But if there wasn't Tanahashi, it would be Okada. I felt bad for Jay White. I mean, he got back from pandemic. He won the title at Dominion. That was basically June or July of this year. And his title reign has was basically lackluster for the, the word that's just coming off the top of my head. I, I expected a little more. I was looking for a little more. And, as much as I wanted to pick Jay White last week, it, this just felt like this was the time for Okada to come back and take the title. Nothing crazy that was better than anything else I saw on the match. It was just a standard Jay White-Okada match. Good, not great. And unfortunately for Jay White fans, this was pretty much the standard quo Kazuchika Okada wins back the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Two beer, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, you basically said it. This would have been a much better match if it did not follow one of the greatest matches of all time. <laughs> Hard place uh, to be, man. That that, And I thought, honestly, I was like, okay, if it's a match that could at least come close. And I was not expecting them to supersede this match. They, it would have taken something ridiculous that we haven't seen before for them to supersede Omega and Osprey. But I thought if there was a chance to do it, these are the two guys that could do it. Yeah, I mean, you're used to this a lot of times, like in AEW, where you know they'll kind of change up the match order and they'll put something really dynamic, and then like they'll put like the women's championship match after it. And you're like, oh, Nyla Rose really got her work cut out for her, you know? But <laughs> good like, luck, bitch. <laughs> This is, this is Kazuchika Okada, and Jay White is also awesome. So usually you don't have to, like, say something like that. We're like, oh, man, these dudes got their work cut out for them. But they really just did. Uh, it was still a, a really excellent Tokyo Dome main event. Really solid. And, I mean, couldn't have ended any other way, really. Uh, as they even mentioned on commentary, um, Brock Lesnar was the last gaijin to win IWGP main event in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, it just doesn't normally happen. Like, Fuck. <laughs> so much for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's it Kenny, against? Kenny. I don't know, honestly. And it's one of those things where I want to, this is where I want to go back yeah. and start watching Yeah, I'd like to go stuff. back and see it. And, yeah, Sheldon Benjamin is the, the genesis for this whole thing. And I want to try to watch some Sheldon Benjamin matches over the weekend because who who they are in WWE, they aren't in New Japan AJ Styles, I haven't seen him in New Japan. I want to check that out. Brock Lesnar, same way. I saw a clip of Hulk Hogan just, like, chain wrestling out. My head almost exploded. So, I mean, in this scenario, I think there's there's something to be said about when I, when I was saying I don't know who this AEW Kenny is, but I, I know who this New Japan Kenny is. To me, there's something to be said about it. Whether you like New Japan or not, I just think the style is different. And when Kenny came back over... This time around, it was just like 
old school Kenny. Like, you know, I see the V trigger with Okada, you know, and that V trigger is going towards the camera and you're just like, holy shit, you know, and, and that, uh, I guess that Iron Man match or whatever, where he finally won the title off of Okada. To me, that's, it's just different. And it's not a knock against any, any other promotion. It's just, it's kind of more so the reason why I love New Japan. Yeah, uh, so uh, just a heads up, the as far as AJ in the New Japan, his match with Shinsuke, out of control. Okay, um, see, see, you de- fucked up now. You're fucking up. Definitely worth uh, worth checking out. Uh, Lesnar uh, defeated Fujita and Masahiro Chono in a three-way to win um, main event of the Tokyo Dome. So. Chono that? and who? Uh, Fujita. Hmm. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, anyway, um, that's uh, that's that. Well, what, 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 well, what I was gonna say about uh, the Jay White Okada match is, first of all, Jason, how dare you for calling it good, not great? It was great. It's, but it's there should have been a match in between it. I don't know if there's that much. I don't know if it's that. Why? Much to ask okay. For, then but, what? What makes it great? What well, made it, what it made it stand out th- than any other Jay White Okada match you've ever seen? Well, I mean, what made it stand out from any other Jay White? I mean, I'm not I'm not a scholar of it. I mean, I've watched them all. I haven't rewatched them all. No, I'm just but saying I, there's got to be something. I'll say I'll say this that Okada has a style of match that always that you know some people I I made the mistake of getting on wrestling Twitter after I watched uh, after I watched it the entire thing, uh, Wednesday morning, but I, there's a lot of people out there that said, well, it was good, but it's just like every other New Japan match. It's like, well, that's not like every New Japan match, and I, I don't consider myself a, like, an expert on New Japan. I also don't consider myself a casual fan. Like, no. I, I, I watch every single You watch more match. than, than I watch casual more than fan. the casual yeah. fan does. Um, and I think that they were kind of... an even though Okada matches kind of seem the same, where they start off slow and methodical, and then they pick up, and then the ending is just a flurry of reversals, like just genius stuff. Uh, oh, oh, I really loved Okada doing the Blade Runner on him. I was I, like, God damn. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Even, I remember telling somebody in college when it wasn't that cool to like Rob Zombie, I was like, they were like, all his sounds, all his songs sound the same. I was like, yeah, but it's a pretty fucking badass song, though, isn't it? And I still feel that way about Rob Zombie. So <laughs> I like Okada better than Rob Zombie, um, <laughs> but I like it's it's Okada. I mean, he's he's the. Uh, sometimes I try to look at Okada, and I'm like, if everybody, if I didn't come into New Japan with everybody telling me he was the best, would I be able to tell that he's the best? You know, which I think is a pretty fair question to ask oneself when they come in. Like, am I just liking what everybody else tells me to like? You know, but no, I mean, Okada is that fucking good because his character is one that lays low, lays super, super, super low until he gets fucking pissed off. And then he lets out that primal scream and then you got the Rainmaker. You know what I mean? And that's I wouldn't call him a one-trick pony, but I will say that what he does fucking works. And the last seven or eight minutes of that match were as good as anything that happened in the Osprey Omega match. The last seven or eight minutes of that match. Now, 
The rest of the match wasn't as good. But I I, I guess I said it, so I'll stand by it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Um, I mean, does that does that make sense though? Like the reversals, the 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 reversal sequences that Okada choreographs, you think you think you're going to see something that you've seen before, and it was something. I, I can't remember that ever that reversal sequence they kept doing with and it's always a reversal with the rainmaker, but man he just finds a way to do it every time you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit and it's it was fucking badass. I felt bad for them going after also Jay White. I don't necessarily feel bad for Jay White came out of two Wrestle Kingdoms ago pretty fucking hot. He came out of last Wrestle Kingdom hot as fuck he was the hottest wrestler and then he just cooled down there just wasn't enough going into this match and it might have had something to do with okada kind of taking the g1 the g1 uh maybe title championship and just hiding it under his bed and saying i'm not defending this until wrestle kingdom because that was fucking six months ago or five months ago and there was nothing to keep to keep our appetites wetted uh, going forward the entire time, so I mean, no, that's that's totally fair. I I never thought of that, and that's that's a totally fair assessment, especially when guys that have won the G one beforehand had at least one match. They if always not a have to defend it one time, yes, to get us from point A to point B. So in that scenario, I can I can't say I disagree with you. I'll just throw out the word Jonah, and I think maybe that might have been in play where Jonah was going to be the the end game where you had both guys winning a match and then ultimately Okada wins the title and you bring Jonah out and you have their you know the tiebreaker match or whatever the case may be but honestly I didn't I never thought about Okada not defending the 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 right to the, to Wrestle Kingdom or whatever it might have cooled it off a little bit maybe maybe um, I'm not saying it did or it didn't. It might have. It might have. I, 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 it's not I like can't I have say a I podcast and I'm here to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it might have. Uh, from there, oh, sorry, Jason, go ahead. Um, let's just jump to the top then. Um, opening match for Wrestle That's Kingdom 17 too, was, <laughs> was Yo and Leo Rush versus Catch-22, Francisco Akira and TJP. Uh, the champions, Catch-22, defend the titles, retain the titles in this scenario. Uh, Leo Rush got busted open early. Um, I thought it didn't take away from the match. This was a sprint. It, I was a little surprised of a lot of these matches were sprint kind of matches up until maybe the, the Fatal 4-Way where you had uh, the junior titles being decided at that point. But this was a sprint. I didn't necessarily mind this because it was the, the curtain jerker. I think the right team went over. Leo Rush, even in the feet, I thought it was, looked really good, especially because he had all the blood in his face and he was still pulling off all the, the moves that you expect him to do. Nice curtain jerker to start it off. And like I said, to me, the right team went over. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, this was a, a fun match. The, I mean, just the wrestling it was like really good. Also, a great opener. You know, get you get you stoked for a wrestling show. Just a fast paced match like this is perfect. Uh, bummer for Leo Rush. I think uh, he was supposed to wrestle, uh, or did he? Did he wrestle New Year's Dash? No, he was out. He was off New Year's Dash. Uh, yo, end up in a match. Uh, I think it was a six or eight. It was an eight way match versus Lij. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I was. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, um, but I haven't gotten through it yet. But uh, but anyway, yeah, bummer for him. But uh, I mean, he worked through it, and uh, yeah, solid match. This match ruled. I loved it. I love both those teams, and I would I would watch them fight a, a seven match series. Uh, this was totally fun, and it started off with Leo Rush doing a uh, doing a not a suicide dive, but a off the he went over the rope. I can't remember the fucking name of it. You know what I mean? Uh, it was it was fun from the get go, and it didn't overstay its welcome. And I don't know if the right team over, but I, I don't know if the right team went over. But I will say this. Is that I checked the predictions, and uh, with six points coming in dead last, we have two beers, Zach Palmer. <laughs> you do that man like that. I, de- I demand a recount. We're going to trump this shit. Just a, a really bad. Just a r- really bad. Where's this shit at? Break out the tape. Coming in second place with eight points, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. He had eight points. And coming in with 11 points with a perfect, a perfect, perfectly predicted Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, you got the... Um, it, I had a Romo. No, you're Romo. Yeah. With Javoy. Was your Javoy, Javoy. William Joseph Veggie with 11 points. That's my first perfect pay-per-view of all time, and I will take a back. <laughs> Thank you very much. I picked everybody correctly. If this is going to be a trend. five years. <laughs> if this is going to be a trend, we're going to be in for a long 2023. I'll tell you this much. Shit. I, uh, I might not get a prediction wrong all year. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker talking crazy Guys, shit. come on. I'm always last in predictions. <laughs> no. Do, do you. I, I'm not. I stop I you from doing your victory lap. I, I never not, win. Did I say? Did I say anything to stop you from your victory lap? I got out the way, motherfucker. Okay? I tell you what. I thought when I looked at it today, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I went perfect, and then I, I looked at it and I thought, "Man, they booked this wrong." <laughs> <laughs> you say, "Wait, man, let's, let's try this again." <laughs> Wait, man, I was right. Oh, they were wrong. <laughs> let's watch this four-hour pay-per-view again and make sure we're right. That's fucking comedy. Next up was uh, Tam Nakano versus Kyrie in the IWGP Women's Championship match. Uh, Six-minute match. For me, this was probably the low point because I love me some stardom. I I wanted a little more. I expected a little more from the match itself. It, it wasn't long enough for me personally, but it really wasn't about the match. It was what was happening after the match. Obviously, if you haven't been paying attention Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet, made her debut in New Japan, took out Kyrie and challenged her for the IWGP Women's Championship at Battle of the Valley in February. I'm not sure what the date is. The biggest... The 18th. Okay, the two biggest things that I see a lot of criticism about this, I guess, not even the match itself. It was obviously more so about Sasha slash Mercedes. It was not good. It was, a, it was a sprint. It was. I'm sorry. I just watched way too much stardom. It was. It's. I expected way much more, and that's going to be a problem moving forward. And we I'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. For me, the two things I take away from the Mercedes Monet appearance: number one, you can obviously tell there's a lot of 
casual WWE fans that took their time to watch this spot, if not watch the whole thing. When Mercedes comes out or Chris Jericho comes out or Kenny Omega comes out, the Japanese crowd isn't going to go ape shit like the American crowd does. If you get the, oh, that's the equivalent of holy shit in America, okay? You're not going to have the Japanese crowd go, do what the American crowd does. So if you're looking for the huge quote-unquote pop, you're not going to get it because that's not what they do, number one. Number two, the botch that people are coming back to. So I actually saw what they were supposed to do, and this is not necessarily on either or. If, if you want to put blame on somebody, it's going to have to be on Kyrie because the spot is supposed to be her coming from the back getting on her feet, and then taking the DDT. She just did it all in one move, and that's why it looked bad. Okay? That, to me, is the two biggest things that I take away post-match. The match itself, not good. It's six minutes. That should be – that's not enough. If you're going to build up the IWGP Women's Championship, it has to be more than six minutes, number one. Number two, the spot that everybody's talking about, give me a fucking break, people. If you saw it in training and then saw it, physically being done you could tell who it was on if you want to hate sasha hate sasha but don't hate her because somebody else fucked it up what you think zach uh, i mean i was looking forward to this because it's been built up uh and i was also looking forward to the match because both of these women are fantastic wrestlers six minutes was underwhelming i was bummed uh i definitely have the same sentiments that jason does and you know we knew that it was about this face off Sasha was going to come out or Mercedes was going to come out and get in Kyrie's face. But, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, Sasha looked great. Like the whole like kimono get up, like her, her ring gear, all that stuff looked great. Uh, but her, she's never been a strong promo. She's just much better in the ring than she is on the mic. And this kind of like WWE style, the, the cadence, of her speech and it was just kind of like a fart in the wind. And then the botch didn't help. So I'm looking forward to seeing her wrestle. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this was like supposed to be kind of this like huge moment and it, it just wasn't. And I understand the crowd reaction too. They're just not going to, I mean, you put Will Ospreay out there, Kalushka Okada, like anybody like to an American, like a casual American audience, uh, even at WrestleMania, they're going to be like, who's this? You know, they're not going to get a big pop. So I totally get it. But uh, this was not super impactful. I'm just looking forward to seeing her wrestle. Uh, I wanted to see her wrestle in Japan for a long time. I feel like she's wanted to see it too. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. What did you think? Uh, to speak to Jason's point about the Japanese audience, it's it's really hard for casual American audiences to maybe to understand that even though it, the wrestling overall, I mean, it looks the same. It's two people pretend fighting in a ring and selling and doing moves and playing it up and playing characters and stuff. To a Japanese audience, it's because of cultural differences, they 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 view it as theater. So, you know, we view it as theater too, but we are 
ugly Americans and our theater is you fucked up, you fucked up, fight forever or whatever, you know? Like, their theater is much more respectful. And I don't think that I'm saying anything uh, ugly and American, uglyish American here. It's just, it's just not going to look the same. I think that Mercedes Monet knew what to expect. Uh, apparently, there are old interviews with her where she always said that her dream was wrestling in Mexico and re- wrestling in Japan. She knows what she's doing, and she knows what she's getting into. So, if the pop wasn't big enough for you, you know. Just uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame anybody for not watching enough New Japan and not getting it. All I'm saying is, you know, watch some more, and it will probably make more sense to you. Uh, I, what I would like to talk about is what's more significant here to me is in this new era of the world that we're living in, not just wrestling era, but, you know, where you can see anything at any time, where everything's on Twitter, where they're <coughs> basically kayfabe is dead and there are no surprises anymore. You know, Kevin Kelly even said on the broadcast, I think this is the least, least yeah, least the worst kept secret, secret, whatever. What's more amazing is that Sasha Banks is wrestling in New Japan. That is... That is astounding, really. Like, if you would have grabbed us three years ago while we were doing this podcast and said, hey, in three years, Sasha Banks is going to show up at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th in 2022. And 23. Shit. It it happens, man. It's like five days in. And and challenge Kyrie, our our heads would have blown off. (laughs) So uh, we should really... you know, I say this, and maybe this is age, and maybe this, you know, like like I said, uh, Joey O'Farrell told me that I sound like an old grandmother the other day when I was bitching about, or when I was talking about how the uh, match between Cody and Dustin was too bloody. Maybe I do sound like an old person here, but maybe we should just sit back for a second, and instead of criticizing a botch or, you know, being like, well, nobody saw it or nobody cares or whatever, maybe we should just for us as new Japan fans or for people as wrestling fans, just really like kind of sit back in the moment and be like, wow, what a fucking world we live in where Sasha Banks showed up at wrestle kingdom in this huge moment. I mean, really it's a, it's what, whatever you can say about it. It's a huge moment in her career for sure. And I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about it. If she has, yeah. And I wasn't talking about you, but I mean, if she has, if she has her eyes on something bigger than wrestling over the next 10 years, if she has a career path where she wants to be a movie star or wants to, you know, getting out there and going to Japan and becoming a big deal in Japan or wrestling a couple matches in Japan can only help her. Amen. And I totally agree. And if, if, if new Japan is paying her the right price, paying her more than Jericho or at least comparable to Jericho, whatever they're paying her, I know it's a fucking Fuck ton of money because I know that it was like a, it's like a, at least a hundred thousand, just just for the one appearance. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that. I wouldn't be surprised either. But either way, she knows what she's doing. She's doing what's best for her career, yeah. and she's got a career path. And I am looking forward to the match of her versus Kyrie. It's going to be in America. That's that to me will be a better litmus test. Because the American fans... It's going to be in San Francisco, I think? San Jose, I believe. Uh, yeah, San Jose. And uh, that is... It's where uh, PWG usually holds their events. So oh, it's going to be... Reseda? 
I guess I don't know. Uh, the, whatever building I think, and don't quote me on this. Um, it's whatever building PWG usually runs in is where they're going to have this show, or it's going to be the hotbed of PWG, whatever. So immediately you're going to have a hardcore fan base there ready to act a fucking fool. Just enjoy the ride, guys. I mean, this is what like this is what wrestling should be about. It should be about enjoying the ride. Like we're always so. Hell, we're always so caught up in, like, what's the end point instead of, as Jason always says, seeing how it plays out. So let's just <laughs> see how it plays out. Live in the moment. Uh, but th- that being said, I mean, I watched this match, and then I was, like, I was at work. I had the I, I was watching it on my phone and uh, not really doing anything, like, pretending to be working. And of course. I was like, oh, yeah, fucking Sasha Banks. I was like, I almost forgot about it. Because I I really did. I I don't know why. It's just Sasha Banks isn't really – I'm not the biggest Sasha Banks, Mark. That's fair. I guess is all I'm saying. No, and and that's totally fair. I'll I'll say this, and we can move on to the next match, and that's a lot of the, I guess, the problem with what – I'm seeing online and what the biggest criticism is. If you're if you're not a fan, that's okay. But let's not let's not downgrade. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Okay, I don't care if you don't like Sasha Banks or she's not as you know a bigger star than Becky or or Charlotte or whomever. This is a huge deal. New Japan World went down because there was so many people trying to watch. I didn't know that. Yeah. There was people that couldn't watch this and probably had to come back the next day to watch it when everybody went away. You can say it's Kenny Omega. You can say it's Sasha Banks. You can say it's both. But there were people that were genuinely invested and interested to see what was happening. And Sasha Banks was a part of it. All right. What was next? FTR. Another a great segue. Another team that a lot of people are invested in for multiple reasons, especially if you're an AEW guy or so on and so forth. They defended their IWGP Tag Team Championships against Bishiman, Goto, and Yoshihashi. They were the winners of the World Tag League. So, in tradition, the winners of the World Tag League face the IWGP Tag Team Champions at Wrestle Kingdom. And unfortunately, like I thought, this is a part of a bigger FTR story. FTR loses the IWGP Tag Team Championships to Bishiman. Good match. I'm not sure if. I think it's Cash was the one that had travel issues. If that played into it or if this was a conscious effort to keep things moving along up to a certain point, I wanted this match to go a little longer. But ultimately, this might be the theme of what I'm going to say all night long. The right team went over. I think FTR has bigger aspirations than what just the contracted tag team should be. I think they're bigger than what AEW can present them or or New Japan or whoever. I think they're going to be one of those teams that's going to bounce around once the AEW contract goes away, but that's a different story for a different time. Yeah, uh, FDR dropped all the belts, so there's definitely something in the works for them. And I mean, Dax is definitely hurting after that double dog collar Oof. match. That, that suplex onto those chairs, like he is fucked up. So it's good timing as far as all that goes. So interested to see what's on the horizon for FTR. 
But, um, you know, good for Yoshihashi mm. uh, winning the uh, belt in the Tokyo Dome. And he just won his first belt this year. No, I was going to say, I thought that was like two years ago. I thought they won the, oh, was it? I thought they won the, the Never title first, him, Goto, and yeah. Ishii. They had that nice little run. And then they, I think him and Goto broke away, and then that's when they were the uh, the IWGP champions. I, I might yeah, have I, the I, it, I might have the role reversed, but no, this was Yoshihashi has won the t- a championship before, so this to me this it's more so of the you know it feels like they're the tag team of New Japan for lack of a better term. Um, New Japan doesn't do a great job with tag team wrestling. Let's just put it out there and, and and be done with it. For me, them beating who we all consider as one of the top teams, if not the top team, it says something. Now, what exactly it says, I'm not sure. Time will tell. But for me, that's my takeaway from that. Well, I mean, you say yeah, that. Well, what I, actually, I was going to say, I was saying Yoshihashi had just won, yeah, the never this past year. So I know he had, had that belt. I'm just saying like, it's been a, it's a big year for Yoshihashi. Like in the past, like 12 months of his career been like the best that he's ever he won had. the never title. Uh, no, the never open. Oh, oh, the six it. man, the six man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. That's okay. all I'm saying. Um, I mean, you say that new Japan doesn't do a good job with tag titles, but just give me a second here. Let me think about this. <laughs> they do have two <laughs> huge tournaments each year. So filled with tons of yeah, that nobody watches. <laughs> nobody watches. I was I was getting ready. You stole my thunder. I'm pretty much, and I took the last two off because I think once I found out that Lij got bounced by House of Torture, I'm like, I'm not watching that, and I'm not watching the rest of it. So I'm I'm with. I will legitimately watch them all from start to finish up until the last two nights. Zach didn't watch any of it. You watch bits and pieces of it. I watch a lot of it. Okay, but that's not my point. My point is, is that collectively, we all basically were not nearly as excited as we were about G1 or Best of Super Juniors. Let's yeah, just put me, that out yeah, there. Yeah, let me finish. I said they have these two huge tournaments. Filled with people that aren't tag teams. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Okay, Listen, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I, I'm happy for Godo and Yoshihashi. I am, uh, once Kevin Kelly said the the road that Cash Wheeler had to take to the Tokyo Dome, which is two canceled flights, and then he had to take a seven-hour drive. I wish he wouldn't have said that because when I was watching him, I was like, oh, man, he does look tired. Like, he does not look like he's giving it his all. The match didn't last very long. It wasn't a spectacular match. It was a fine match. I think that they they gave it their all. I thought that the big rigs looked good, and I thought that all the moves looked good. I'm glad that Yoshihashi and Goto went over because I picked them. This motherfucker here. <laughs> Next up was uh, I think that we could go back a couple weeks, maybe maybe like five weeks ago, and I was like, "Listen, they can't lose all their belts at once, <laughs> but they're going to lose all their belts soon." And I think that uh, I I proved myself right there. Oh my god! Okay, 
if, if, if you, if you, no, no, there's no. A trend. no, there's, there's a not bro, a trend. No, there's, there's not a trend. No, there's not. I'm on, no, this is where I'm going to stop you. This is where I'm going to stop you. No, this is where I'm going to stop you. No, you, when I said it, when I said like two or three weeks ago that this was a possibility, I wish there was a video camera on your face looking at me when I said this. It was like I took Edna May and I walked, exconded with her for like two days. Oh just didn't God. tell her what you did. Christ. Didn't say where I was going. Didn't tell you what I was doing. I just snatched her up and walked away. I trust you, so I would have been like, okay, two free days. You, you got the diapers, motherfucker? Yeah. Make sure you got that decedent. Make sure you got that decedent for a butthole. But my point is this. You didn't think that this was going to happen until we started to get closer and closer, and then they started to drop titles. A month ago, if I'd have told you this was going to happen, you'd have looked at me crazy. So let's not sit up here and act like you knew this was going to happen. Are you trying to say, don't get it twisted? Don't get it twisted. Okay, what was next? Ren Narita versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the World uh, Television Championship, the first uh, World Television Championship. Uh, 15-minute match. Zack Sabre Jr., God bless this dude. He is... It was literally like, I'm like, okay, this is going to go the 15-minute time limit or close to it. And the next thing you know, I look up, and Ren Narita gives up the arm, and Zack Sabre Jr. taps him out in classic Zack Sabre Jr. fashion. Just over, I think, 12 minutes. Right person went over. And I think Ren Narita looked good oh, yeah. in, a, in this scenario. For for this scenario, for him to come out in this Wrestle Kingdom, for this match with a title on the line, right in the middle of the card, Ren Narita did not do him Ren Narita did him all kinds of justice, better choice of words. Post-match was TM's, uh, TMDK, uh, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols come out, and I was thinking to myself, is this getting ready to happen? I thought that one of the two were going to challenge Zack Sabre Jr. Didn't know this. In Noah, they were a trio at one point, so... Fast forward, that's why probably Zack Sabre Jr. is matched with now Shane Hayes and Mikey Nichols. He joins TMDK post-match, so something to look forward to moving forward. And flash forward to the next night at New Year's Dash, they grabbed uh, a young lion who I... I, Fujita. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, This match, to me, was really fucking good. I'm a Zack Sabre Jr. head though like i think that he's the shit and i would like him to have the the big belt one day i would love to see him fight shit first things first this is his first singles yeah. title in I, new japan i know I, the, the all the old criticisms of him can't be said anymore the criticism that i had of of him a long time ago was that he's too skinny he has put on uh, some weight and he does not look fat or or weirdly tall fat because he is a tall Lanky drink, motherfucker. drink of water. He's a he's a lanky motherfucker. The thing that I loved about this match was the finish, and I've said this before about Zack Sabre Jr. matches, is that when he taps somebody out, they tap out immediately. <laughs> there is no, there's no like, there's no uh, struggle. There's no selling. There's no oh, yo, I'm trying to get to the ropes. It's like no. Nope, you better tap him. I take nope. this shit. And Whatever right, I have of your your arm, your leg, your knee. You better tap him. I take that, it with me. And that 
What was uh, what did what did the Charlton say during the G one? He said that Zach Saber Junior. only every applies, only every applies like some every move. Yeah, and then he do, moves to the next one, yeah, and then moves to the next if, one. If it if he doesn't tap him out within six seconds, he moves to the next one. And this one, Renarita Edgar Renarita <laughs> tapped out within less than a second. Yeah. Probably it as was, soon as the as soon as he got that arm, he was just like, okay, tap 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 it's tap. Just, it's just something that you don't really see in pro wrestling very often, which is why it's so refreshing when you see it. Uh, which is you know, which is probably goes back to people's criticisms of Kazuchika Okada is that when he has a big match. When he's going to have a 30-minute match, uh, you know, for a title or something, it ends up being the same type of match. Sabre Jr. is, he does stuff that you don't see very often in a pro wrestling ring, and that's why he's so much fun to watch. What do you think of it, Zach? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I had gone in with the prediction of Renderita because... I just thought it was cool. I thought it would have been cool. And then Zach came out with that fucking hair, and I was like, oh, man, my prediction is fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look like Iceman. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. Uh, he's put on put on some muscle. You know, he's a tall shot of wheatgrass. This is vegan, veganness. And, um, he, he speaks something. Japanese now. I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people I mean, kind of overlook. There, he's probably been there forever. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't really speak the language until like really recently. Like the, within the last couple of years is when, in post match promos or whatever, backstage or in the ring, he's one of my three favorite current wrestlers. No problem with that. Yeah. Sorry, Zubir. Go ahead. Where's his rank in people named Zach? Uh, he is. He's in my top two. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> that then, was uh, that was a veteran move right there. That was literally a veteran married man move. It's just kind of like, no, I'm not gonna go in straight away. I'm just gonna sidestep this shit. <laughs> Funny thing is, is like I'm not I'm not the other one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Zach, Zach Morris. <laughs> it's like with uh, fictional character. Right. Man, you remember. <laughs> I mean, I know CM Punk is persona on grad these days, but it was so funny we came out talking shit about Eddie Kingston. He goes, he's the third best Eddie I've been in the ring with. He's the second best Kingston. <laughs> I'm like, Kobe somewhere like, that's right, motherfucker. Uh, up next, we had the lock, the Stone Cold Lead Pipe lock of the week, which we all had, uh, which was Tomatonga versus Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Zach, what did you think about this match? Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was, uh, I think, the whole thing was kind of spoiled by just the terrible finish. It was absolutely botched this gun stun, and Carl Anderson, like, sold it, and then they still, like, went to the finish. Uh, it was just kind of a mess. But other than that, I mean, it was it was good. Um, you know, Carl, Carl Anderson was... He had his working shoes on. He wasn't like he wasn't like out there like doing anything crazy. But Tomatonga was really good. They had like a totally solid match until the end. My biggest problem with this is the fact that we took the title off of Tomatonga to begin with. To me, it's just a long ass circle just to get back to square one again. Number one, number two. I agree with everything that Two Beer said about the match. Number three. It, to me, this just reinforces the fact that the Intercontinental Championship needs to be dug back up 
and be brought back into play, especially now with Kenny Omega winning the U.S. championship. There's not a, a big major secondary title, singles title. KOPW. No. Sorry. <laughs> They're trying, but that's not the same thing. The never open weight title should be what they should be pushing, and that's not happening. We need to bring up the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. This back. match was actually better than I thought it would be. <laughs> Because at least Bam. they tried to tell a story where Carl Anderson got a lot of offense at the beginning. Carl Anderson got a lot of offense at the beginning, looked straight into the camera, and said, all you guys at home saying I'm not working hard enough, come on. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you didn't work hard enough. You kind of I wanted to go through the fucking TV when he sand, said that you shit. You kind of sandbagged that match against Tanahashi. Or not sandbagged, but I mean, you didn't give it your all okay, against Tanahashi. And, and that's that was, that was my rolling thought going through this match. Is he trying? Is he trying? And ultimately, I didn't think he tried. He, he as a like a, pro, like a true professional wrestler, he made it look like he was trying without actually trying. Shit. God uh, bless him. Coming up next week. Dude, he's the- like the carniest. Like, I know you listen to some of their podcasts. Those dudes are so, they're just yeah, they're such carny. huge carnies. They're carnies. They're, they're, they're so over funny. the top, and they're funny, but I'm not, I can't take them seriously in a situation like this. I don't think that, I mean, they look at it as a job. Look. Yeah, I, but, which and is, also, they're Neither one of them are the kind of dude that you would ever ask to like pick you up at the airport. Those motherfuckers are not showing up. Oh, if, and if they do, they're two hours late and they all banged up. <laughs> like, dude, I've been at the motherfucking baggage claim for a hot minute. You not picking up the phone? What the fuck? Listen, Zach. Never ask me to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great thing called Uber. Just bring your ass to the house. <laughs> I'll, I'll split it with you to not pick you up. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we had the the Muda match. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, for this one, I think kind of the backstory for this is the fact that uh, KG Mudo, Great Mudo, however you want to call him, Actually trained uh, Bushi, trained Sonata, and Naido looks at him as his favorite wrestler. So it would be like me trying to wrestle Ric Flair, even at this point, at you know his advanced age. I would be like still in awe, didn't want to break him or whatever the case may be. Um, I think to me this was more about uh, Shota Umino, Shooter, whatever you want to call him, um, him and Naido had a couple of interactions to where now we're teasing a possible Shota Uno Naido feud or a couple of series of matches, whatever the case may be. I'm interested in this. I can't lie. I like Shota Uno. I've, I've been a big fan of him when they paired him with Moxley when Moxley came over back in uh, two or three years ago for the uh, the G1 or whatever the case may be. You remember when Jericho fucked him up during that? <laughs> During that match with uh, okay, and that was, and that's another thing. He has like, I guess, a weaved fabric of a of a storyline because his dad is like basically the the big referee or whatever. When big matches come out, Red Shoes is out there. You know, when uh, Zack Saber Junior. put him down or whatever, Red Shoes, Chris Charlton is like a. a dog on a bone about this he contends that red shoes stopped 
uh, listen, Will, uh, it was Will Ospreay, not Zack Sabre Jr. Will Ospreay was laying the hammer down on Shota Umino. Red Shoes was the referee, and Chris Charlton claims that he stopped that match early because that was his son. So you have all these, you know, little storylines coming into this match, and now you're going to put them against arguably one of the guys that could put him over in Naito. So for me, it... The right team went over. Yes, Keiji Muto needs to go over. No problem with that. But to me, the underlying storyline is Shota Umino versus Naito going forward. Zach. Yeah, I'll agree with uh, Jason as far as that. I'm looking forward to Shooter's uh, push. You know, he's definitely getting one. Looking like a mini Tanahashi out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Keiji Muto, he can't can't move anymore. You know, he's just... um, he can spit mist and stuff, and he's on his farewell tour. So, uh, you know, it was a good way to get Naito and Tanahashi on the show without neither one of them were in singles matches. So, at the risk it is what it is. at the risk of losing all of my wrestling podcaster bona fides, mm-hmm. I really don't have a relationship with Great Muda. I remember him being in WCW a long, long time ago. I have no relationship. NWO, baby. I have no relationship with his. Who wasn't in the NWO? I have no relationship with his Japanese record or his Japanese, you know, resume. I know that he's one of the best. I know that, you know, he's one of those guys that all the people that you like, like him. So then you know that he's a big deal. Uh, that being said, so I'm not going to act like I can talk here intelligently about Great Mood or what his legacy is or anything like that. What I can talk about is that this Wrestle Kingdom, in a lot of ways, seemed like a turning of the page. And to have Shota Umino get the pin in this match, uh, Kevin Kelly said something really good here. He said that uh, you could call Great Muda. Tanahashi and Shota Umino, the past, present, and future future of New Japan. And I thought that was a really good line. Shota Umino will headline a Wrestle Kingdom one day. That's what I, that's, that's what I think about. Like, I think that he is, he is, they, they have big things planned for him. And we might be looking at six years down the road. We might be looking at eight years down the road, but Shota Umino will Headline a Wrestle Kingdom one day. Jason's looking, be, uh, Jason, Jason, Ren- Jason's looking at me like I'm insane. I'm not. Look, give him, give him five, six years. Th- okay, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not going to be anytime soon. No, but it's not even, be in five, even in five or six years, I'm just like, <sighs> clearly the landscape will change. You know, Tanahashi will be gone. Naito will be gone. And then you, you'll you have other guys that you will hopefully build up to be at that point. Maybe a Will Ospreay um, show the Umino match for the title in five years makes sense. If you can keep Red Shoes alive, well, then you can Umino, go in that route. Will show the Umino be in the G1 next year? No. Yeah, I don't know. I will say, here's the four pillars of New Japan right now, though. It's Shota Umino, Yuyu Yurimura, Ren Narita, and Yoda Suji. Those are the four dudes, and they will be the future. Okay, so even though Yurimura, yeah, yeah, let's try this again. Yurimura is in Impact right now. 
you think he ultimately comes back and he's the fourth pillar? Yeah, I think just I think that's like his American excursion or whatever. I'm guessing. I don't know. I okay. could be wrong. Okay. He's just throwing it out there. No, for sure. I just I agree with what you're saying, especially with it's Suji coming back. I think that's going to be a, a little bit of a game changer. And then the last match that we haven't talked about. Well, okay. So we haven't talked about the Rambo Final Four. Let's get that out of the way. So the Final Four, who were going to fight the next night at New Year's Dash for the King of Pro Wrestling belt now. It's a belt. It's not a trophy. They ended up being Shingo Yano, Sho, and Great Khan. Shingo ends up going over. Shingo also came out to challenge uh, Kazuchika Okada after the match and said, I'll bring my King of Pro Wrestling, I'll bring my KOW belt with me. It looks like that is Okada. Or, or, Okada, Okada actually accepted that. Uh, I didn't watch his match. The Rainbow? It was fine. I didn't watch the Rainbow. I, no, it, was, it, was, it is what it is. I mean, it, for me, it's just, you know... It, Were you surprised to see Shingo take it again? Nah, not really. Kind um, seems like he's above it, right? Yeah, now I, I've said that for a long, long time. Put it on show. Um, show apparently his contract might be coming up, so that might be an issue going forward. Yo, his contract's coming up. Um, he feels it feels like he's staying. Show's going, so that might be something to be said. Ultimately, I think this is more about Shingo. Probably not beating Okada, but establishing the KOPW title as not necessarily the comedy title for a little bit. It's going to go back to Yano. We all know this. Fuck Yano, by the way. But ultimately, for a little bit, unprofessional bullshit. it's going to be about Shingo establishing it as something that's not necessarily a comedy title. That's just my thought. Zach, oh, I don't have any strong feelings. But I don't know. All I right, think cool. All right, let's no. let's go to the four away, which was Master Wado versus Despi, El Desperado versus Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi. We all uh, we had. Different no, I took op- Ishimori. No, we had different opinions about who would win, but we all said that Master Wado was the leader. <laughs> <laughs> and that motherfucker showed his ass. He Dude, showed I, I his ass. What? Best, Master Wado was the main guy in this yes. in this match. Yes. They they clearly went into this match being like, We want Master Wado. We want you to remember Master Wado after this match. So he didn't win, so we were all right about that, but we were wrong about him being a buster because he looked good in this match. I didn't know no, I didn't call him no buster. You calling him a buster. Okay. Let's get it right. Okay, <laughs> I said he had the least likely chance to win because looking at the the field, there's no way he could win. Yeah, AKA, but AKA Buster, no, <laughs> no. I, th- I think I can use my words at this point. However, he was the standout performer of the four, which is crazy to think about when you have these other guys that are in. If you're talking about four pillars. We're talking about the four pillars of the junior heavyweight division. We're not Master Wild's not even in this discussion. Kushida probably should be taking his spot, and that should be your fatal four way for the, Wrestle Kingdom. The match was designed to make what Master Wado look good. Though. And mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Zach, what do you think? Uh in that it definitely succeeded. Uh, I think it succeeded. The only thing that could have been better is if 
he would have come out of it with a different name. Um, I think that's the thing that's holding him back because he is a, a good wrestler. But uh, there was bullshit. one, there was one spot in this match that was I just screamed because I was so excited about it. It was a uh, almost like a deadlift um, German suplex, but uh, that Wado did the Tanahashi or um, Hiromu. and I was like, he oh shit! So high for it. <laughs> I was like, oh goddamn. Unbelievable! It was so cool. You know he's got a broken neck, right? You know he's got a broken a, neck. It was a very fun match, and a match that will probably be lost to the annals of time. Agreed, because of what came directly after it, Agreed. which was Omega versus Osprey. But it was a really fun match. Agreed, and 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 a match that you would show people that don't watch wrestling and be like, "Look at these motherfuckers." <laughs> what do you think about? Hey, what do you think about these guys? <laughs> I say, watch him jump over this top rope. You, you know think, it's twelve feet, you right? Think these guys are cool, and it'll be like. They'll be like, uh, who's that guy in the blue? And you're like, no, I don't want to say. <laughs> He's a buster. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say his name. Uh, so um, so I want you to give me a grade for this Wrestle Kingdom say this shit. compared against other Wrestle Kingdoms. Not, com- <sighs> not, com- not compared against Extreme Rules or some shit. Compared against other Wrestle Kingdoms. This is my fifth Wrestle Kingdom that I've watched, I Agreed. think. yeah. While it's been, ha- no, my fourth Wrestle Kingdom that I've watched while it's happened, like I've gone back and watched matches out yeah. of other ones, is a B plus, maybe an A minus. I don't know. There wasn't. You know what? No, fuck that. I'll give it an A minus. Go ahead, Tubier. My inclination was towards an A minus, and I mean Kenny and uh, Osprey are like bolstering uh, a lot of that. But it's just because I feel like uh, like the top of the card very very good. Uh, the undercard there's like some hit or miss stuff, but the top of the top was the cream of the crop. So what was the miss though? I don't think there was really a miss. The women's match. Okay. Uh, yeah, the women's match. And I mean, like on paper, the the tag match seemed much better than. That's fair. It actually ended up being. I was about to say, Jesus, we, we they drug Cash Will over to to make sure they can make this appearance. So I, I'm not going to knock it against this. B was the the letter I was coming with. I'll go B plus. I'll go B plus. Let's get to that two count. <laughs> the fuck, man! <laughs> Don't ask me no shit. Two beer. What's the two count? <laughs> this should be good. <laughs> Uh, two count is uh, WWE main roster. Yes! <laughs> Curveball, bitches. This <laughs> 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 a total change up. So, um, what the fuck? <laughs> Motherfuckers never saw it coming. What? <laughs> what did right hand say? Say this to your face? boy. This your boy. <laughs> <laughs> you both get it. Go ahead, GB. I'm done. Out of nowhere, like an RKO. So, um, first things first before we get into to SmackDown and Raw. Uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, yes. Story in the Wall Street yes. Journal. Yes. Uh, Vinny Mac. Oh, Vinny Mac. When are you coming back? Come on, tell me. When, he's, when is he coming back, Two Beer? So, he has, a, he has told the board of directors that as majority owner, uh, he is not going to support or approve any media rights deal or a sale of the company if he's not named executive chairman. Uh, and he's coming back 
as the chairman of the board of directors with George Barrios and um, Michelle Wilson, whom he fired right. uh, not that long ago. And um, basically meaning that if the board approves this, then three people have to vacate uh, the board of directors. And he's coming back pretty much saying that he wants to sell the company. So um, it is absolutely wild. Uh, they basically said that they don't want to, the board is, Stated that they don't want him back unless uh, he, you know, agrees to stay out until the government investigations are done. He's like, nah. And, um, <laughs> Fuck your couch, man. <laughs> Wait, this is my couch. Fuck my couch. Fuck your couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't, it ain't your couch. This is my couch. Fuck my couch. <laughs> they also, yeah, they also said that uh, they you. wanted. Uh, they asked about his commitment to repay uh, any of those company expenses uh, for the hush money payments. And he's like, well, I'll pay anything reasonable that wasn't covered by insurance. Uh, so um, anyway, stock is up because uh, people think that the, the stock market thinks that WWE is going to sell. But um, I think it is likely that they sell anyway. You have been, you have been really for we've been doing this damn near five years for like three of the years. You've been talking about WWE selling to someone outside. Who do you think they sell to? Um, for a while, I thought Disney. But I really think it is because uh, Disney was buying everything right there by Star Wars and Marvel and um, all this stuff. I really think it makes the most sense for like NBC Universal because, dude, they've given them a billion dollars over five years for just the, the Peacock thing. And then they also pay them like almost $400 million, like, you know, for um, just for Raw, just for one show for USA Network. So, like, they should, you know, they could just buy it for a few billion, and then it's almost like a value. <laughs> Here's my coupon. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're going to Costco. What's this? A million dollar coupon? Uh, I guess we can add this to this billion dollar bill over here. But yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. And uh, that, I mean, that just came out in Wall Street Journal today. So I I only read that article. I didn't. I'm not on social media or anything, so I haven't seen any, anything else. So. I don't know what people are saying. I'll just say this. I, I haven't read the article, but I did see it on uh, Friends of BFR on Facebook, by the way. Um, if that happens, it, it just feels like this is going to be all shit behind the, the scenes that is going to stop whatever positive momentum they had. Well, they have. Yeah. I guess better choice of words. Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say that if, if Vince comes in tomorrow, if I wake up tomorrow morning and Vince takes over, it's not like I'm going to not watch WWE, but it's going to change a yes. lot of the shit that it, we've just seen. It will be funny to watch it start it's, sucking it again. again. You know, that which, was, which that was really, the great. Go which ahead. really makes you think about like all these people that were defending WWE for all those years when Vince was in charge, and then Triple H gets in charge, and then they're still defending WWE. It's like, wait a minute. So you guys understand that's better now. So do you guys understand that you've been wrong for the last how many years? No, there, there are people that that liked it better under the Vince regime, and that is what it is. Vince regime is sports entertainment. I think Triple H does a little bit of both, where it is sports wow. entertainment. Dexter Lumens is sports entertainment. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. But he does, you know, he's he also get, not over. But he get but he gives you wrestling as well. Chad Gable versus fill in the blank. Okay. Let's 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 get away from the backstage stuff. Let's talk about let's talk about the two count. Well, is it, right. it, it's WWE, so, you know, I think that is a legitimate it's, thing to it's talk worth about. Ta- it's worth talking about, but it's but, so but let's, You want to so talk new. about in-ring. It's so new that I, like, only saw it when I was taking a shit right before <laughs> you came over. <laughs> so I have no opinions about it except for to laugh at it. <laughs> you watch cool. the session, right? Uh, yes. D- does this that, not that feel like TV. okay? Does this not feel like a an episode or at least a series or a season of Succession? Triple H is definitely way smarter than Kendall Roy. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It, to me, that's the intrigue behind it because we're literally and to be we can talk about in the ring in thirty seconds. It's literally we're watching. We watch Vince get ousted. We're all high fiving, and as now the smoke is starting to settle, it's like what. He's coming back. What the fuck you mean he's coming back? That's the intrigue behind it because we, we're we literally just watching Triple H erase some of the problems that he had, and now you're going to tell me. See, now, th- so now you got me started on Succession, which makes me want to talk about <laughs> Succession, which is not only the best drama on oh, TV, shit. it's the best comedy on TV. All right, let's go. Go ahead, Tibir. So we can talk about something that Bill definitely has an opinion about, which is Bray Wyatt opens SmackDown. <laughs> And um, his entrance is amazing. And that's really uh, the nicest thing I can say about anything going on with Bray Wyatt or anyone (laughs) around him. So his entrance is really good. Okay, let's just let's let's put it on the table. So Uncle Howie comes out and attacks Bray Wyatt versus attacking L.A. Knight. This is the problem. It's. I get you want to be intriguing. You want to keep us on our toes, but it doesn't make sense. It feels like Uncle Howie was the you know the hype man for Bray Wyatt. Don't fuck with Bray. This is what happens when you fuck with Bray. But now you're gonna have Uncle Howie take out Bray Wyatt. Howdy. I don't give a fuck what his name is. To be saying, perfect, his honest. name is Howdy. Howdy, Howie. I don't give a rat's ass. Okay. Okay. The, I get Bray Wyatt is that guy. He's come back. People want him to come back. Blah 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 blah. We're not connecting dots. Okay. There's a problem. The Alexa Bliss thing on Raw makes sense. This makes no kind of sense because it's always like. Here's some breadcrumbs, but there's nothing left. Here's some breadcrumbs, but there's nothing left. We're not connecting dots at any point on SmackDown. Raw makes sense. SmackDown doesn't. I'm of two minds on this without the Uncle Howdy thing. Like, finally something is happening. True. And, and they're trying to tell a story from week to week. So, finally something is happening where there's a guy named Uncle Howdy that comes out and he stands there. I thought that, that it was better that Uncle Howdy put down Bray Wyatt. That's certainly more interesting than him taking out L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight not acting amused by this, but acting scared by it, was definitely the right way to go. Then why, If you're that damn scared, then why are you standing in the ring? Go ahead, Tubier. He's 
straight up said, he's like, what is going on? Right. Like, you just hear him. This so motherfucker's funny. taking his slow-ass time down the ring like The Undertaker, and you standing in the ring. So, like Get I the said, fuck out of like here. Like I said, I'm, too, I'm of two minds of this because we asked for long-term storytelling. This is long-term Agreed. storytelling. It's just too I w- slow. I would, I would like long-term storytelling with some wrestling mixed in. Like, maybe Bray Wyatt could wrestle. Well, that would be well. He's fighting L.A. Knight at Royal Rumble. That is in the pitch, in a pitch black, black dark match. Okay, a, pit, a Mountain Dew pitch black, black dark match. match. <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting him. Saying it, it makes me feel like we're living in idiocracy. Saying it, yeah, it's a Mountain Dew pitch black match, which it's not going to be pitch black. There's going to be spotlights going on all over the place because that's what happened with Uncle Howdy out there. I am. Listen, I'm not intrigued by this. No. At all. No. Now, if it shows up when I'm watching SmackDown, I'll be like, well, I'm not going to fast forward through this part. No, this is Royal Rumble, baby. No, I'm saying when I watched SmackDown the other night. Okay. When I watched Smack or Saturday day or whenever whatever, I watched whatever. it. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I, I was like, okay, Bray Wyatt's out. I'm not going to fast forward through it because yeah. I want to see what yeah. happens. And also, I think that LA Knight is a fucking star. And I like L.A. Knight. Yeah, I, I do, too. But you, Don't roll your eyes at no, that. No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's anything for him past this. I think this they're using him for Bray Wyatt ta- and nothing ta- more. We've talked about this. I don't care who Uncle Howdy is. If they come out and say it's Bo Dallas, which is probably who it is, that's fine. If I've, I've read things online where, like, Uncle Howdy underneath, like, with his white beard or whatever, he looks like Wyndham Rotunda. Who is who is uh, our wait? Not Wyndham Rotunda, like Barry Wyndham, who Bray Wyatt is named after because his real first name is Wyndham Rotunda, and he was named after his dad's tag team partner Barry right. Wyndham. That is something. Also, all that being said, listen, guys, I'm watching wrestling because I like to watch wrestling. Like, let's watch some wrestling. Um, this. So I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I don't care if I see it. I can just read about it the next day and just tell me who the fuck it is. Go ahead, Doobie. Uh, we got the more awesome bloodline stuff. This time it was uh, Sammy and Heyman in the back. Basically, the layer here is, you know, they're preparing for their tag team match in the main event against Cena and KO, but... Uh, he, he's not really allowed to see Reigns just yet. Uh, Reigns is a little pissed because people are chanting Sammy, Sammy, whenever Reigns is out there with the bloodline. So uh, fun layers here. Fantastic television. I mean, we could gush about this all night, but just moving on, we'll get to it. My, my favorite part about this was when Heyman said to Sammy, how is your Hanukkah? Ah! And Sammy said, Sammy said, probably as good as your Ramadan. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Real, a really good little yes. little play between yes. those two guys. Yes. 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 Absolutely great. Uh, Seamus uh, and Sakoa, they beat the hell out of each other just like you uh, you think that they would. Um, this is fun. We finally got some wrestling. And, uh, you know, it was a nice, stiff match. And, uh, you know, they're really, I mean, Bloodline is going to be strong, but I think Sokoa, you know, beating Sheamus is kind of a big deal, yes. you know, in a singles match. I think they might be setting him up for a, if not a Royal Rumble win, I wouldn't be surprised if Sola Sokoa is in the final four of the Royal Rumble. 
you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. Gunther's not going to be the the uh, Intercontinental Championship champion for long. I can totally see Solo Sokoa at some point getting that title. I was going to talk about the, the Royal Rumble, but not like Solo Sokoa is going to be in the Final Four. I wouldn't be surprised if he eliminated a bunch of guys and then got like in the, you know, the Final Ten or whatever. Yeah, uh, ultimately, I guess my point is 2023 is going to be a year for a lot of guys. Sola Sokoa is going to be on my list for somebody that I'm going to look for a push at some point. Not saying he's going to win the the, the title. The the U.S. slash Intercontinental Championship, whatever it is, that feels like a Sola Sokoa sweet spot where he can beat up guys and you can build him up for two or three years down the line. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got a promising career. Um, Full show. Nepotism aside. Yeah. Uh, we had a, uh, here's a kind of big highlight of the show as far as news, you know, besides Cena coming back, but uh, Ronda <laughs> Rousey, defeats uh, great Raquel Rodriguez. Um, they went about 17 minutes. Felt like 40. <laughs> and then Charlotte comes out and basically, you know, takes over. And, uh, you know, Ronda starts got a promo on her that Ronda just tries to talk too fast and Jesus slowed down a little bit. But basically just has this kind of uh, grueling match, which I think that's why they went so long was so that uh, – whenever Charlotte beat her in 40 seconds and didn't come <laughs> off as so poorly. But, yeah, Charlotte beats her in 40 seconds, and it's uh, the new SmackDown women's champion. So 14 times. 14 times. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> That's what I want you to go first. My uh, shit is simple. Uh, my first thought was – Raquel Rodriguez got a lot of offense against Ronda Rousey, and they they, ma- they made her look formidable. Yes. And uh, she's – it was kind of sloppy. I don't think that's necessarily Raquel Rodriguez's fault. I don't know if it's Ronda Rousey's fault. It's probably both of their mm-hmm. faults. But uh, part of it was pretty sloppy. But if you're trying to build a star, I think Raquel Rodriguez has a much bigger upswing over the next five years in WWE than Ronda Rousey does. Uh, second of all, you bring back – they brought back Charlotte Flair. Uh, seemingly like a baby face. Um, I don't know. Uh, ever since Charlotte Flair had that segment with Becky Lynch, and I, I if that was this year – I think it was two years ago. Well, that's, when, when they when – she, she threw down the belt. When she threw the belt. Yeah. I don't and, remember what you're talking about. I think it was two years ago, but I'm not sure. I can't speak – I'm only going to speak for me. That really turned me off from Charlotte Flair, and I can never see her as a babyface again. Like, I think that she seems like kind of a bitch, and, you know, maybe Becky Lynch is a real is a bitch in real life, or maybe Bailey's a bitch in real life, or maybe Sasha Banks is a bitch in real life. Maybe Alexa Bliss is a bitch in real life. But they don't seem like bitches on TV. Like, they seem like they're playing characters when they're heels and when they're baby faces, they seem really cool. Charlotte Flair just seems like 
uh, just I like I said, this is completely personal. I just I can never see her as a baby face again, and I can't really root for her ever again. I don't want her to I die think, or I anything. Her and Andrade That's are good. perfect for each other, and I think you're 100 percent right. What what was the first thing you said? I said I think her and Andrade are perfect for each other, and I think you're 100 <laughs> percent right. I mean, I even started. I watched the first half of that Ric Flair documentary on Peacock today, which Still is haven't seen it. Really good, like better Bro. better than the 30 for 30. Like it's really good. God damn it! The first half, the first hour that I saw of it, I think it's two hours long. But even Charlotte shows up on there, and I'm like, oh, God, like it, it. It's just it's it's a bad taste in my mouth because. Maybe it's because I like Becky. Maybe it's because I I remember when that happened and we read all the backstage yeah, stuff yeah. and we were like, man, like why would Charlotte do that? Like right. what a fucking cunt thing to do. And it's like, I don't know. I can't see her as a baby face. Either way, she's better than Ronda Rousey. So putting the belt, putting the belt on her is just fine. I just can't see her as a baby face. I don't think they're making her as a baby face. I think this is a knee-jerk reaction to – Ronda Rousey. It's more about Ronda Rousey. Well, than it can't it, be. A, it's a not a knee jerk reaction if it happens after reaction. fucking two months. It's a knee jerk reaction. She's been champ for two months. And uh, then, then why are you going to two month knee jerk? Then, then, yeah. Then why you? Then why you? Then why you going to have Charlotte come out and win the title within forty five seconds? You don't build it up. You don't have this going over to Royal Rumble. Or anything like that. This was a knee-jerk reaction to how fans are reacting to Ronda Rousey. Okay. It's, it hasn't been good. Has, okay. it be, has it been good? Has it been good? No, you're asking me? Yes, I'm asking you a direct no. question. Okay, so at that point... Have I acted like it's been good? No, but you're acting like this is not something that hasn't been at least thought about ongoing whatever the case may be they bring Raquel Rodriguez out god bless her they had a really good match I don't know why but, I like talking about this so much but I love talking about how bad they fucked up Ronda Rousey they fucked her up so bad from the very beginning no they didn't when they didn't real the first they, run was good the second run is bad when they realized that she couldn't talk they should have given her a manager it could have been anybody. They could have given her Stokely Hathaway. They could have given her fucking Paul Heyman. They could have given her Zelina Vega. They could have given her Chad Gable. They could have given her anybody as a manager, and it would have been better than what they did with Ronda Rousey. What they, they could have given her Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> man, come on, man. You, man, you ain't supposed to be. <laughs> you ain't supposed to be helping this motherfucker. You ain't supposed to be helping this motherfucker, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you said Shinsuke Nakamura. You ain't shit. <laughs> this motherfucker ain't. Because Barry speak a good English, and you talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. You ain't shit, dog. I swear. That's funnier than shit. <laughs> That's wrong, dog. No. I'll just say this. <laughs> I'll say this. Ronda Rousey, the first time around, when she came in with Kurt Angle, the whole shebang, we were doing the podcast. We were on board. We were on board. This second time around, we were, for whatever reason, 
And I'll just let you guys, you know, pick your reason of choice. We are not on board for Ronda Rousey. This was a title change that needed to happen. It just shouldn't have happened in this way, in this fashion. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, Dominic shows up at uh, <laughs> his grandfather's house on Christmas Eve. Uh, gets arrested. So and- did we not talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> we haven't talked about these Dominic... Then, yes. We talked about we talked about the Thanksgiving one. I'm sure we have. This one is fresh. Oh my god! God, god I love it. No, the best part about this is <laughs> yes, say it. Like he gets the. It's, it's actually on on Raw. Whenever he gets, he spent a weekend in jail and he comes out acting like a hardened criminal. Just absolutely great stuff. This is Dominic Mysterio doing. Fantastic work. This nigga said, I ain't going to last long in jail. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, the promo that he cut after he got out of jail beautiful. is so good. Beautiful. It's I mean, beautiful. It, it, it's it's really what I want out of wrestling. Like Because yep. he still ain't going to be shit. You know he going to be a punk-ass bitch after the fact. But now he got he got to go weekend in jail, and he coming out hard. I love I, it. I, I love it. I love how Ray answers the door to the cops <laughs> with, his it, with his mask on. So you want to go outside, motherfucker? Just Let's go outside. I love, I love how Ray's wife slapped Rhea. And she got all pissed off. God damn, that is really good It's stuff. Jerry Springer slash Maury perfectly encapsulated for the holiday season. I love Dominic in this role. It's perfect. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, this is gonna is, be this is gonna be a three hour podcast. Let's right. let's keep it moving. Ray Mysterio just needed a gun. That's the only thing. I'm dead. I just gotta say this is not important, but I, I do think it's funny that so they're in the locker room and they're all like making fun of Top Dollar uh, for for botching that spot and. Like, they're just ripping on him and ripping on him. And then, like, finally he gets pissed off and goes after Ricochet, and they get him out of the room, and everybody thinks he overreacted. Like, dude, like, you guys were just ripping on him for, like, three minutes straight and just clowning I'm taking terrorists. I'm like, damn, dog. Yeah, you going to sit up and take that shit? You going to sit up here and take that shit? Hold on. Let's let's break this down, though, uh, K-Fave style. Because, K-fave style. like, hit our uh, big – Top dollar, big dollar. <laughs> Top dollar. No. Just let everybody make fun of him the entire time until the littlest guy in the room, Ricochet, came in. <laughs> and then he was like, you know what? Fuck you. And then he attacked the littlest guy. That is some typical bullshit. That's typical heel bullshit. And I didn't know that they were making him a heel until Michael Cole started making fun of him. And I was like, if Michael Cole's making fun of him, he's, he's, he's like, when Michael Cole makes fun of you, you are fucked. You are fucked. Dude, Michael Cole woke up at 4 a.m. Wednesday morning from a, from a troubled sleep and just said, I think his wife, his wife reported that uh, in his sleep, he said, his boss time. And we had no idea why, but it was right. It was the moment the Sasha debuted in New Japan. It was a it was a troubled night for uh, Michael Cole. Anyway, uh, I I thought my favorite part of this was whenever uh, fucking uh, Xavier Woods and Eddie and, uh, and Eddie Kingston, Kobe Kingston, held a broom during the jump over 
just God. killed me. Anyway, They're such dorks. But, <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. That's uh, great. I love it. So, um, we're gonna get Gunther versus Braun Strowman. I really hope. This, I really hope that Gunther just murders this dude. I do not want to see Strowman. If he, if he doesn't murder Braun Strowman, then Gunther should go on to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Okay, that was yeah. gonna be my ultimate question. That would be. Let's get so Gunther we're, Brock Lesnar. Okay, so if we get Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. At Wait, why are we both talking about that? Is that a rumor? Yeah, it's Oh, it's, I just threw it out there. No, it's a it's a legit rumor oh, okay. to where it's it's kind of catching a little steam, but not necessarily too much crazy. Um I thought, I thought that I see them all, but I did miss that one. Shouldn't Gunther go over? Well, yeah. But do you think that he would go over? Maybe not. But I mean, they could. I guess they could, they could revisit it at SummerSlam or something. I guess ultimately, my point is this, and we can move on. That's, that's a match that. We yeah, should we should, we we need to see. Yes, I think it would be one of them sparks. I would literally watch Gunther fight everybody on the planet. Brock Lesnar is Starting one of those guys. Judge Judy. <laughs> What'd you say? Starting with Judge Judy. Brock Lesnar is one of those guys we want to see versus Gunther. We, you know, even when I'd he was watch in, him fight everybody. Even when he was in NXT UK, Vice, well, you know, this was Tinder Mahal. This is one of those Murray matches man. that we wanted to see. That being said, <laughs> dog, one more one. Why, why you murdered all my friends, Michael Wallace Seals? <laughs> Come on, man. Why I'd you murdering Gunther all my friends? Everybody, <laughs> okay. Blood Girl Raven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that being said. Spock. Yeah, right. I'll say this. If there was, this is my going back to where there should be two titles. Gunther should be a champion on one of the other uh, shows. I don't give a fuck. Let's just say a SmackDown. He's a SmackDown. You know, he's on SmackDown. He should be a SmackDown champion. You know what I'm saying? There's so many guys. Seth Rollins is a perfect guy. Cody Rhodes is going to come back. He's a perfect guy. They, they should. This is the time where you now have let Roman Reigns have his fun. And I'm a, I'm a Roman Reigns guy. I, I love the bloodline, you know, angle all the way up to this point, but now it's time to have Roman Reigns drop one of these tiles. How they do it, no idea. They kind of fucked it up, but neither here nor there. Two beer, it's I you. Tell you I, I tell you what, I don't think they should put the belts up. I think they should unify them because the Intercontinental and the United States have never met more in a very long time than they do now, and I'm I'm down Ooh, with that. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Okay. I'll say this. He said that the he the reason that they shouldn't have two titles that the mid card titles, the Intercontinental and the U.S. title, have never met more up to this point. I can agree with that, but under the right booking, you can still do all four. There's enough talent on this WWE roster where you can still have a head guy with two head. Top champions, Roman Reigns and fill in the blank. You can have two mid-card champions, Gunther and the U.S. champion is, think Jason, think, um, shit, Austin Theory. So Austin Theory is an up-and-comer. Gunther, up-and-comer. So you have it in a scenario where two guys that can probably be a champion at some point, 
are in the on-deck circle, and then you can have two guys, Cody Rhodes is probably my guess, and then Roman Reigns on the other side. I think that I'm not like most everybody else, where I think that, like, you have as many tiles as you want. Because the only thing no. that, the only thing that I want to watch is wrestling matches where winning means something. So I want to watch a tournament, or I want to watch the G one, or I want to watch title matches. So if you have a European, if you put the Euro- stop shaking your head for a second so I can say this, okay? Okay. You stop shaking your head. I'm done. So <laughs> if you have something called the European belt, mm-hmm. the European title championship. Yep. Which is something that Dean Malenko had for a long time in WWE. Shawn Michaels, too. And you put it on Chad Gable, and Chad Gable had to defend the European Championship every single week on Raw. Instead of having whatever bullshit segments they have, I'd be much more inclined to watch that match with Chad Gable than I would a know-nothing fucking bullshit match with him versus Angelo Dawkins or something. Or Otis, for the same fucking reason. I would rather watch that match to see who wins a title or who doesn't win the title, even though the title means nothing to me. At least they're fighting for something. Matches that don't count for something mean less for this wrestling podcaster. Does that make sense? I, it does, because I, I like the idea, and, and JR would do this, it's kind of old school uh you know, he would just kind of throw out there that, like, the winner gets paid more, more that night. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. Yeah. Yes, of course. That's awesome. I'll just say this. For as eloquently as you spoke. That was eloquent. A- I'm stoned. AEW is is on line one, and they're calling you about how much you've talked about the shit you've been saying about how many titles they've had, okay? I've never made fun of AEW for having too many titles. God, I wish there was a producer around here somewhere. No, I, no I've talked about how many titles they've had, but I've never made fun of it. I like all the titles they've had. In fact, I've said that on this podcast, how much I like the titles that they have. Like I said, I wish there was a producer around I here. wish there was a producer. Me too. Two beer, go. He's here. Um, <laughs> Pick a fucking button, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Zach? Uh, finally, uh, main event. Um, we had John Cena and Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, and this was. Sit your dumb ass down. I'm not going to say much because I know Bill has a lot to say. Oh no, he's dancing uh, right now as we speak. The the only thing I want to say is how funny it was that. Uh, Cena is literally screaming spots from the corner to these people. Uh, so there's like a moment where Reigns and uh, KO are both down on the ground. And uh, he's just, the camera's right there on his face. And he's holding the tag and he's screaming to him, Go move! Go move! <laughs> and then you hear the, the, the ref, the lady ref go, Don't move, guys! And then like... Um, He's like, all right, and the camera never cuts. Like, usually there's 5,000 camera cuts. The oh camera's just directly on Cena. Yeah. And he's like, all right, slow, slow, <laughs> crawl towards me, slow, slow. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it, was, it made my whole night. Don't get me wrong. That, as, as much as the, the match itself was fine, it is what it is. You got it to where now. Unprofessional bullshit. You got it now where Sami Zayn is probably on the outs 
with the bloodline. We'll figure that out here in a couple of days. I can't agree with you more. What are we talking about? We're talk- a, a, we're talking about John Cena calling out shit and the camera not moving. But B, I think you might want to give John Cena a little bit of an apology. He bumped the number up. <laughs> he bumped the number up. What number? The the rate the two point six rating. You think I give a fuck about ratings? No, no, look. What the fuck are you sat up here and ran John Cena down, talking about he's not this. I'm getting ready to run him down again. Okay. He's not this. He's not that. People t- tuned in to see I never John said Cena that. as well. Yeah, yeah, you did. I never said that they wouldn't tune in to see him. I never said that. What I said that is he sucks. Oh, and what he did he, on Friday night. He moved the needle. I don't know if needle. you watched it. I don't know if you watched it. I did watch it, actually. He sucked. He was fucking terrible. He came out for the last 10 minutes. He turned to the camera. He said, oh, you guys don't know how much this means to me. And he spread out his new fucking thing that you can buy on WWE. And then he went down, did the four moves of Doom, and skipped the last one until KO had to come in. They did it together. It was so fucking stupid. It was the most milk toast, boring segment of WWE television in the last 365 and everybody, days. And everybody came out to watch Probably it. Probably since the last time and Cena was on And everybody came it. out to watch it. Fuck that. Did you like it? I don't it care. Doesn't ma- it doesn't no, no, matter no, what, no, what no, I like. Don't, don't say everybody. Don't say everybody. Did you like it? It was fine. It, it advanced the storyline. So all the wrestling you watched this week, would you put Cena on the top 200 moments? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because I watched Fuck a lot of wrestling. No, you would. No, yeah, you wouldn't. You he, there was look, 200 moments look, better. Look, the fact that you don't like... 60 of them the were The fact that you match. don't like John Cena aside... Do you like him? I like him more because I don't see him do you, on the regular. Do you like him? Ultimately... Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. 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 Yeah, he's it's okay. a ringing endorsement. He's okay. Zach, do you like him? I love him. Okay, that's fucking figures. Because he never <laughs> he watched it everything. during all the old bullshit. Zach likes everything. <laughs> John, yeah, Cena, like, John Cena is, gr- is good in, in, in doses. I don't Here's need thing, him too. to run the fucking WWE. Yeah, he's good in doses need- if he's the placebo. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Since I've been watching WWE again, which is like right before we started this podcast, basically, he's been really great. Uh, you know, like I started watching and I like my first like introduction to John Cena, he did like uh, one of the greatest trilogies of all time with AJ Styles. Yeah. It was and really then he just good. went away and he was just wrestling. His, the his US title challenge run is, is something that I think they should be doing more of. But it was John Cena. But I listened to podcast again this week, and I saw wrestling Twitter again this week, and people were like, "It's so good to have John Cena back." I can't believe we have John Cena back. And I'm sitting. He's I'm not sitting, back. Number I'm sitting, one. Uh, well, first of all, I don't care if he's back or not. Okay. He was on SmackDown. Okay, fair. Second of all, I'm sitting back thinking, How, "You guys missed him," and they're like, "Well, yeah, we we get to see." John Cena now with this whole new group of people with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's like he's already wrestled them. We're looking for Austin Theory. They're the now. You're the nostalgia act, Cena. And also, you didn't look very good the other night. Jesus. He didn't. 
I'm not no, I'm asking. About, I'm, I'm not asking Christmas. I'm talking I'm about how you look him, in the ring. I'm not asking him to look great. He oh, came out. He popped, popped the rating. The he don't popped the rating. That's oh. the reason why they did it. I that's the reason it. why they did it. I just predicted it right before you said it. Don't come at me with the ratings. No that's the reason why they did it. I don't care about the ratings. You don't care because you're going to watch anyway. No, they, they were trying I'm to a- get... People that don't watch on the regular that know John Cena. But I'm a wrestling podcaster. I am a wrestling critic. And I am going to sit here and I'm not going to say I don't care. I'm going to say I don't care about the ratings at all. What I care about if it was good and it wasn't. It was bad. And you agree. Go ahead and agree. Look. I'm not going to sit up here and say that it was Osprey versus Omega, but that wasn't supposed to be. It it was supposed to do two things. Really? Number one, it was supposed to get people to watch. Number two, Sami Zayn was supposed to lose. Check, check. All right, cool. All right. Uh, anything else? Um, no, and the only thing I want to say about Raw is uh, Theory versus Rollins was a very good match. And uh, because we talked about WWE for a lot, and there was some crossover with the Bloodline, but I don't know if there's anything else that you want to say. But that's about the extent of it. For uh, me. The, the only other thing I would say was that Alexa Bliss versus Bianca Belair was very, very, very bad. Agreed. Yeah, it, Agreed. Was, it was just sloppy as yes. fucking shit. And I'm not sure who it, who it's on. You can blame uh, whomever you want to. I'm not not I, a, it, I'll tell you who I'm not going to blame. Bianca Belair. I'll just say this because <laughs> she doesn't do that shit. <laughs> I'll say this. The the build wasn't very good. Maybe I'll blame Uncle Howdy. You can do that too because obviously Bray Wyatt slash Uncle Howdy or whoever you want to be call it had a problem had a part in this match. If you're gonna have Alexa blast Bianca with a vase the week before, then lean into that heel move going forward. She should have been a heel going into the match. It shouldn't have took Bray Wyatt's fucking symbol to make her snap. She should have been a bit... She hit her with a fucking face the week before. Only one other thing I'd like to bring up about Raw, which is on SmackDown, it got announced on Raw, we're going to have Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus the Usos for the belts. Now, that's... We were in it back from like a couple weeks ago. Sounds like a banger. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to get us to our three count. One, two, three. All right, so, Zach, is it true you didn't watch AEW Dynamite this week? Is that true? It is. God it is. damn. Oh, my God. You got some Here, work I, to I, do. I, I'll, I'll do. I'll do you one more. Uh, Rampage and Battle of the Belt are coming to Portland tomorrow, uh, 20 minutes from my house. And you ain't and going to I, either or. I could I could get free tickets. And you ain't going and, uh, to either or. No. Unprofessional <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, I hit five of these buttons. You are absolutely out your mind. I wish WWE. Did, w- you, see, did right. you see that Battle of the Belts card? <laughs> Unprofessional <laughs> bullshit. Okay. It's 20 minutes from your house. Listen, this, we're going on two hours right now. So we're going to get through AW and we're going to finish up. Zach didn't see it, so we should be good. Hey, Zach, <laughs> you sit back there and listen. Stop. Unbelievable. 
<laughs> it's a one week. The man it's has a week. job and he's it's a, one week. he's a single dad for a week. It's one week. He's but a he boss too. He he's a boss too. He can't squeeze in dynamite. He's a boss too. All right. So we had Ricky Starks versus Jericho. Uh Ricky Starks ends up going over Jericho. Jericho appreciates society, fucks him up, and who comes down but Action Andretti selling his eye injury. What you think, Jason? I thought the match was good. Uh, I like the fact that, once again, Chris Jericho is in a spot to put guys over. Ricky Starts is a guy that needs to have somebody to get him over and bump him up and make him look good. And I thought Chris Jericho did that. After the fact, it is what it is. They did what they were supposed to do and connect the dots with uh, Action Andretti and, and all that other bullshit. Post match, I'm not a, a huge fan of. It's it's the usual AEW smash, but the actual match itself, it made Ricky Starks look like somebody that could be a TNT champion, could be a AEW champion, and that's ultimately what you're looking for when you're having this match. A really fun segment. Uh, next up, we had Hangman Page and Moxley. Hangman Page and Moxley, what do you think about it? Ultimately, it's it, you're not going to do all this on screen without not having a match who's on going screen. O- who's going over? I think you have to put Moxley over. It's, do it's, you? It's going to be. I think it's going to be a trilogy. But who goes gonna, over? In, who goes over in the first one? It's got to. It's got to be Hangman. I mean, damn. Got to be Moxley. It, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair. Hangman coming back from injury, I, you can you can make that move. I really think that Hangman Page is one third of the professional wrestler that John Moxley is, and that's and that's in ring and on the mic. That's how much I think. Still makes still makes him one of the best in the world. That's just how good Moxley is. Okay, yeah. I mean, Hangman's one of the best in the world. I'm just saying, being one third as good of a, as a wrestler as Moxley still makes you one of the best in the world because that's how good I. That's how that's how highly I think of John Moxley. Wow, fair enough. Wow, uh, we had the <laughs> we had the acclaimed versus uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. We had a dusty finish here. When's the last time you saw a dusty finish on screen? It's been a hot minute, and when it happened, I was like, "Okay, let's not trip. Let's just let's see what happens first before I, I, you start I, getting I, all pissed I, off." I knew it was happening while it was happening. I watched it. Don't shit get pissed, just yet. I Don't watch get, it. Yeah, I watched it live too. I watched it live, and I was like, "I knew it was happening. It felt like a dusty finish, and it was a dusty finish." Um, uh, why? Go ahead. I hate. I like the dusty finish, but damn, it kind of just takes away from, you know, the times where they don't do the dusty finish. If the referee's decision is final, then just keep it final. I mean, it's, it's going to suck. That is Jason Bell being kayfabe as fuck, which I respect. <laughs> it's going to suck. I respect. It's going to suck. But you are 100% correct there. And it, and it took- because the dusty finish should happen every time. <laughs> Every time there's a dirty finish, the dusty finish should happen because there are people watching in the back. You're exactly right. No doubt. I just, I just, it kind of took away from the match a little bit. Very lot, but just a smidge. We had Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter backstage with uh, Renee Paquette. Not going to say anything about that. We had. We're going to talk about the fact that she said the boss? She called herself the boss. And yes, I know there were 
Okay, Sasha I'm just Banks, saying. I think they're fucking with us, though. Sasha Banks is not coming because they said the boss. Okay, the fact that she is on the outside looking in, I think that's something I want to talk about for 30 seconds. Go ahead. Is this a, a Sheeta heel turn or no? Yeah, probably. It was a really weird segment, to be honest. Yeah. But, but that, happened in, that happened in the segment a little bit further down the episode, though. I understood it, but we're just talking about said episode. Yes. It's probably going to play into something later. Okay, so. But it's not it, going to play into something. He's so we're, we're going with Tony Storm, Soraya versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Zach, any thoughts? Um. Nah, just kind of a wait and see situation. I I don't know about Sasha. Uh, I'll just just tempering my expectations here. I'm not gonna. It's not a live or die situation. Like if she doesn't show up in AEW, like I don't expect her to. I expect her to wrestle for Japan, and that's it. I don't expect her to show up on AEW. I kind of do actually. All right, coming up next, we had uh, Jungle Jack Perry and Hook, which. We're not going to talk about because we'll end up talking about it for too long, and then we're going to have a three-hour <laughs> fucking podcast. Uh, There's nothing that, really to talk about. We had Brian Danielson versus Tony Nese, which was good while it lasted, which was about two and a half minutes. And then uh, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson in that Seattle. familiar. <laughs> you can talk while I'm laughing. No, I can't. It ruins it. Shut up. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have Brian Danielson versus Tony Nese, and Brian Danielson beats him within about two and a half minutes. Shut up. Whatever you were about to say, shut it went, up. It went two and a half minutes. Ah. I don't think that my wife knows I'm kidding. She was like, whoa, whoa. She's like, are you guys actually getting ready to fight? Minutes. Hey, shut the fuck up. Uh, we have Brian... Brian Danielson versus Tony Nese. Lasts about two and a half minutes. MJF comes out, and they have a spectacular. You know how much Zach Pullman, if he had seen this yeah. promo, would yeah. be sucking this promo yes. dick? Yes, very much so. MJF is like, I want you to fight everybody to get up to the number one contendership. He goes, and I know I have a reputation of making my opponents jump, jump through, through hoops. hoops. Yes, as a matter of fact, you do. <laughs> MJ, MJF said that, and then Brian Daniels is like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. If I wrestle from here until the pay-per-view, I'll be the number one contender anyway because of the numbers. And it was like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. It was, it, it was actually good just for the fact that Danielson on the back end was like, if I do all this, then the Iron Man match is what I want on the yeah, back end. And they're going to have an Iron Man match if he wins it. So, what do you think about an Iron Man match between Brian Danielson and MJF? Because for me, it doesn't psych me up very much. For me, I thought about you immediately. You, personally. Bill Vagey. Bill Vagey. William H. Bonnie, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about Billy the Kid because MJF is, is, is a guy that needs... A little, a little push in the ring, and I'm not saying that he needs you know help with the physical part of it, but he needs guys that can that we we as the wrestling hardcore base look as 
Brian Dance is a great wrestler. Zack Sabre Jr. is a great wrestler. You know, so on and so forth. So if you get Brian Danson versus MJF in a one-hour Ironman match, and you can get MJF over in said match, I think it does more for MJF than Brian Danson. If you're one of those people that, want Brian Danielson to be the champion of AEW at some point, this is probably not going to be a, a good time for you because I think ultimately this is something that is going to put MJF over. That's going to make him a, a champion that you ultimately want to see fail at some point. Zach, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think it is going to be too long. And uh, I mean, Brian Danielson wrestling for 60 minutes, great. I mean, MJF always shows up, and he has great matches. Like, I don't know, like, just because he doesn't wrestle that much. I know Bill's a little bit down on his in-ring. I'm pretty You're high a nerd. Uh, But uh, the the whole thing I'm bummed is I don't like the stip because the Iron Man match is just a bad stip because you're essentially just saying you don't have to pay attention until the very end. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said it. That is so unzack. I did. Mm. I did not think that would be Zach's opinion about an Iron Man match, because I thought that Zach would be way more about the uh, like the storytelling within the first, first forty-five, yeah. fifty minutes. There's yes. a, there's a story maybe, to be maybe told. Maybe they'll win me over. Maybe they'll win me over. But that is that is the that's the classic. Uh, criticism of the Iron Man match, which I can't argue with. It's, no, not, my, it's not my favorite type of no, match. No, I'm not saying it's my favorite type of match, but I think there's a story you know to be favorite, told. You know my favorite type of match is? An Okada match. <laughs> there's a story to be told. <laughs> like, I just think there's it's an MJF story. Well, how and about, how ultimately, about, if you can, if MJF can beat Brian Danielson in his own game, how about this? For all that's better ass, for him. For all the assholes that say Okada matches are all the same, do they like last man standing matches? Do they like uh, do they like false count anywhere matches? <laughs> do they like Iron Man matches? I bet they do. I bet they're all just against the shit that they don't know. You people, fear what you don't know. People fear what they don't understand. They hate what they can't conquer. Mm, nice, my man. Yeah, but he didn't say people. He said the word that began with N. <laughs> that I'm not allowed to say. But Vince McMahon is. <laughs> and so is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan gets away with it because he could. Vince has a billion dollar company. He can get with that shit too. I'll tell you what, Hogan's was worse. <laughs> it really was. Hogan's was like not, not only did he say the my word. My daughter he said, keeps trying to fuck all these, these e- Right. That's worse. Say what you want, that's worse. All right, uh, so coming up next, we had uh, Swerve versus A.R. Fox, which was a spectacular match. Talk about two guys giving their all, man. Swerve is something. He's a Seattle guy, too, so they were in Seattle. Oh, this I didn't like know a that. Seattle, This is a Seattle show. Yeah, he loved to defy him and Darby um, and Tony Neese and also uh, Brian Danielson. These are all, like, Seattle area. Dude, Aubrey Edwards, Seattle gal. Uh, Swerve and AR Fox had a very, very, very fun eight-minute match uh, that could have lasted a lot longer as far as I was concerned. Uh, then we had Soraya, Tony Storm, and Sheeta backstage. We already talked about this. 
the Gun Boys come out and they have an R.I.P. FTR thing on the Jumbotron, which was pretty funny. And then FTR's music plays. The guns act real scared, and then the guns were like, I can't believe you guys fell for it. Uh, are we starting to like the guns? I'll start. Um, uh, the one gun is fine, the charismatic one. The one that looks like he has... <laughs> <Can> you, can, <laughs> which is the charismatic one? Well, the one name that, is, name the, the charismatic one. The one that looks and talks... <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the that one ain't that, enough. The one that, that ain't enough. The one that name, looks and talks... What's his name? Like what's his name? An extra what's his name? Sucked. What's his name? Colton, I think. <laughs> this motherfucker here. God damn, watching that kid talk. God, he is really bad. It must suck to be that much worse than your brother. I wouldn't know. Oh my god. Good thing Jake doesn't listen to this shit. Um both my brothers suck. <laughs> right. They make uh way less money than me. And I- are what less good looking. Actually, I like the fact that they the, both make the guns. Way more money than me. Yeah, the right. Fuck? I like the fact that the guns played the crowd. Seattle was a high crowd, and a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that Seattle was hot, and you know, AEW does a lot of shows in in a lot of the same spots or whatever. And it is what it is. The pandemic kind of fucks shit up, but it was. I think a lot of this uh, AEW show was the fact that the crowd was so fucking hot. Every fucking turn. It just felt like they were on their... That's what I'm saying. You could put on a WWE show in front of an AEW crowd, and they would be hot for it. It's just the crowd just doesn't... I don't know. The crowds don't match up. No, no, I'm telling you, if you had Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory... Okay, that I think they would be hot for. I think even if you had Dexter Lewis versus Chad Gable, I don't think that we'd be hot for that. Uh, So then we had the Jade match. Mm. Okay, all right. Then we had uh, (laughs) two beer. I mean, (laughs) you got something to say on that? You didn't even watch it. Now you didn't even watch it. So (laughs) trust me, you didn't miss shit. Let's talk about what we want to talk about, which is Samoa Joe versus Darby. Yes, which was a spectacular match. Um, I understand brother-in-law Steve's mm-hmm. objections to it. Your boy was hot. Yeah, but I I understand that criticism, which it but does. The- but it does make Samoa Joe. It does make Wardlaw Wardlow. <laughs> God damn it, Wardlow! By proxy of Samoa Joe, it does make him look weak because Wardlow lost to Samoa Joe, even though it was dirty, and then Darby Allen beat Samoa Joe. I will say though. That watching Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe, which was a small guy versus a big guy, and watching that the 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 chemistry in that match, not only the chemistry, the storytelling in that match, which was he had to keep hitting him, hitting him, hitting him until he knocked him down. That is old school wrestling. That is smart wrestling. That is the way you get a crowd worked up. And that crowd was hot as fuck for that win. And then when Sting came down to give him a big big ass hug. I gotta admit, I got goosebumps. Whoop! It was what good. the fuck is going on it on was, this podcast? It was really, it was really two eighty nine. It was crazy fa- as it was, fuck. It was father son shit, and it was really like pretty touching. 
Uh, you changed since you had a kid. Yeah, I know. You, maybe you got maybe, a little salt. Two beer, you you didn't even watch this shit. Okay, I'll just say this. Well, two beer probably has an opinion. Two beer, I uh, am amazed that Darby and Sting turned you around here with this segment, but uh, I'm think, looking forward to seeing it even more now. I, I I think you know who turned me around on it was Samoa Joe. Like he sold the fuck. For Darby Allen, but it was very realistic. It was, and then Darby Allen did two coffin drops from two different places to put Joe down. He did one on the one turnbuckle, and then he ran to the other turnbuckle and did a second one, and then pinned them real fast. And it was, uh, it was a storytelling feat. It really was. It was like whoever, whoever their agent was, if they had one. Whoever no, they, was, they had one. Yeah, so if it was Dean Malenko or something like that, it was smart as fuck because the ending of that match was thrilling. I that, was a little surprised that Samoa Joe lost. I, I, I can't sit here and lie, but I, I like Samoa Joe. I like the fact that he's a double champion. They had him as, you know, the you know the, the king of pro wrestling or, you know, the king of TV Darby or whatever the case like may be. He a million fucking bucks, But man. that's what Samoa Joe does. That shouldn't be a surprise, okay? The surprise, I think, was... And it wasn't unrealistic. No, no, he, he wasn't bumping for him like <laughs> The Rock taking a Stone Cold Stunner or something. <laughs> it was like Darby was knocking him down. He was like kind of like teetering yeah. down, and then he would go down. And but he would always come back up. Yeah. The... The finish, like you said, was absolutely perfect. It's it's the boogeyman. You have him down, and you don't let the boogeyman get up. You right. just keep hitting him. You keep hitting yep. him. You keep then, hitting him. And then two coffin drops in a row, pin, and that's it's it. it. And perfect. You could see when Darby was celebrating, like Samoa Joe just kind of rolling out, and like he kind of had like a little smile on his face. I was watching him. No, mission, mission I, accomplished. Yeah, he, Darby he, lost a little momentum. At some point in 2022, this is a good way to get Darby Allen back with momentum again going into 2023. Total kudos to the Seattle crowd. That was a great crowd, and that made it a really fun wrestling show to watch. It's the first time that Seattle has had AEW. So, listen, we really, we really, we really got to say it sometimes, though. AEW gives us like pay per view style yeah. events yeah. on the regular. Yeah. Like they it, it might they be drop the, one it every might be now the, and then for might, free. It might be the first match of the night. It might be the last night match of the night. But either way, we are lucky as wrestling fans because that shit is that that was pay per view. That could have been the end of SummerSlam. Yeah. And w- without question, I'll just say this. And the only criticism I had about AEW Dynamite all night long is they never talked about Wrestle Kingdom. You have Kenny Omega in this... Mar- no, fuck that. Fuck that. No, I let Zach have his you know, moment last week where he was like, you know, maybe they'll talk about it this week, and they never talked about it. Ever. Ever. Okay? If you're going to have this fucking partnership with New Japan... You have to have some sort of hook to watch New Japan. Kenny Omega is the hook. And you never built that match up. You never talked about Kenny Omega. And then after the fact, 
It's the night after you didn't talk about him winning the title. Zach. That's my part. Zach, anything else to say about AEW Dynamite? <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> From the guy that you right. watch, <laughs> we got some odds and ends to talk about. I guess, I mean, I guess you guys didn't watch NXT, but uh, I did, actually, I did watch NXT Braun a little Breaker, bit. Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller had a really good segment at the very end. Really I watched good. the the front part. I watched. Uh, so you saw Apollo Cruz, Cruz and Carmelo Hayes. Yes, yes, yes. Carmelo Hayes and Apollo Cruz. Yes, and then Axiom versus Trick Williams. I didn't watch that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that Shawn Michaels has never been higher on a person than he is on the old A kid who is now Axiom on NXT. It, but it, either way, it may remind him of himself in a little bit. Uh, DiJack will be on the main roster. I right, saw that too. Right after. WrestleMania. I think they're just waiting till after WrestleMania. They're going to introduce him as a big deal. That's my personal prediction. You can put it down right here. Okay, so she is. You've been perfect so far. You might as well just go. Oh, man. I'm perfect all year, baby. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. All right, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Chavo Guerrero Sr. is 74. Darby Allen is 30. Bad Luck Fale is 41. Chris Masters is 40. Ruby Soho is 32. Buff Bagwell is 53. Grandmaster Sexay. Sexay. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. He, uh, he would have been 51. Uh, Tamina Snuka is 44. <laughs> and <laughs> Abdul the Butcher. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm bad, son. Or as they used to call him, Captain Hepatitis. Oh, you ain't shit. He would have been. He would have been eighty-two. God damn, you ain't shit. <laughs> Rabbit fever, of the night. Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. You for Tender Mahal, Check. for Vice, Check. for Patriot Pat, Check. for Murray the Merman Murray. Check for the Sideways in Time <laughs> podcast Check. that doesn't exist anymore. anymore. Check. <laughs> for your wife, uh, for Aaron, yeah, for, for your daughter, for Edna May, for, for all your kids, for Zach, <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zach Pullman, for Jason Cornelius, I Jack, a Anthony, Michael Deerfall, and never forget the Buddha heels. Anthony Michael, what are you doing? Stop pushing buttons. 